just give it a few seconds for it to catch up. I know it um, always jumps on. Um, there we go, and there we go. Hi, guys. We'll just give it a few seconds to catch up, uh, as always. Yeah. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Move that across. Oh, we don't need that one. Okay. And then... Where are we? We are live, guys. We are live, as always. Hi guys, welcome to the Accidental Journeys or Live and Undrugged episode 32, I believe. Um, only 20 more to go before the end of the year. Um, I'm back with Julie Major um, and we're going to be talking about uh, Mark Osborne, uh, who was wrongfully convicted of a murder he did not commit. This is part two. Um, and Julie has some, uh, uh, you know, new things to say. Um, so I'm just going to wait until a couple of people jump on. Um, I think my admin, Amanda's going to be in here tonight as well, watching on, um, watching on as always. Yep. I'll pin that to the top of the page so you can find it guys. Um, and as always, I'll share it to my page and then feel free um, to tag yourselves uh, and share it for me. Here we go. Brilliant. Um, so what I'm going to do is I've got a piece of audio um that julia has sent me from mark um i would really like to play it so i'm going to attempt um to play it um over facebook if i can um and see what we can do uh, we would really like you to hear this this is mark's own words um from prison um so I'm going to, if you just, you're going to have to bear with me. I'm going to try and work out. I've never done this before. So, um, Right, <laughs> how do we do this, guys? If anybody knows, please put it in the comments because I'm stuck. I've never got to do Jack. Um, I will find out how to do it. Um, 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 um. can't do it. Uh, I should be able to do it. I will do it. I won't let it beat me. I'm a very stubborn man. Um, 
right if i <laughs> <laughs> i will do this right here we go can we hear this no we can't hear it right i'm gonna play it like this Go ahead. I won't let it beat me. Go for it. It's 12, it's, it's 12 minutes, so you're just going to sit here and see my mug, but um, <laughs> we really want you to hear this. Um, yes, we <sighs> I was convicted of a murder, which I never committed. So serving a sentence for a fight I had. incident till after it all happened. There's paperwork to show this. Yeah, we can't um, hear you, We're only getting bits of it. Yeah, it was day. I mean, it's been there on paper. Right. That was better then. Right. <laughs> uh, sorry about this, guys. I'm still new at this. I'm still trying. Um, let's see if we can turn up the audio on this. Um, no go. Can't hear nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying. Um, I know there is a way to um, share. So. I'm going to do my best to get it to play. Would it, I wonder if it sounds right if I played it from my phone to my phone. You can try if you like. So you tell me what it sounds like then. Hold on, let me get it up. <laughs> <laughs> you got a laugh here, Jack. And yeah, I do know what I'm saying. Nah, you got I'm, a laugh. I'm, I'm not very. I've got to find it. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Right. Right, see if you can. Hold on. See if you can hear this. My name is Mark William Osborne. Um, I was convicted of a murder, which I never committed. I was uh, serving a sentence for a fight I had. Um, I knew nothing about the incident until after it all happened. I've got loads of paperwork to show this. Um, yeah, it's clear as day that I'm innocent. It's all in there on paper. It's just uh, frustrating that nobody listens. I've won appeals in the past. Also, um, and then they just come out of excuses and knock them back. Um, I've been very, very angry at the system for ten years. I've been in I've been in prison for thirteen years now, but for ten for ten of those years, I've been rebelling against the system. Um, basically. The prison staff, the prison system itself. 
obviously they enforce all their rules on me and in my head I'm thinking your rules don't apply to me I'm an innocent man and I just had a just had a, like a, an anger inside me you know because just 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 imagine being took from off off the street or or whatever for, uh, for something you know nothing about and then having to go along this this process you know it's, it's it's been hard on me it's been very 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 hard mentally physically in in all aspects of life you know yeah, and I, I i get a feeling inside me sometimes and i just feel to myself I wish I was guilty because, and it's a sad thing to say that because I think if I was guilty, I'd be at peace. <clears throat> you know, I'll be, I'll be at peace where I've done the crime, so I just got to get on with it and man up. But I'm in the stage where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm innocent. I shouldn't be in jail. It's ten times worse than than having to actually be guilty of something, you know. But it's hard work for me, for me to, to be appealing and, and, and protesting my innocence. It's hard, 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 you know. And and I lost faith. Uh, I lost faith. I did lose faith a little while back, but I've just sort of regrouped and regained my focus because, it's, you know, it's hard work. Keep knocking at doors and getting doors closed at you when you know you're genuinely innocent. And the mental effect is had on me. And, you know, it's... I'll only know the severity of it, I suppose, when I, when, when, when I come out of this, this bad nightmare, you know. My family, obviously I've lost out on, on, on being a father for the moment, which I dream about being, all I wanted is, is loads of children, you know, to have a nice house, a dog, animals, family, I've, I've actually, I've actually pined for, to, 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 to be a father, you know, even when I watch the telly sometimes and I see kids and all that, I think, oh, mate, you know, taking them to school, all the things people moan about to me when I ring, ring people outside, I envy them. I say, mate, I'd love to take the kids to school, go and do this, go and do all the stuff that people whinge about day to day. Uh, for me, that's a pleasure. Just like a home, washing machine, smelling and cooking, just normal, normal stuff. What I've always wanted, you know. Um, yeah, my family, it's had a great effect on my family. The family are... Um, Obviously, my brother's been convicted of this as well. But the family is fighting for me. Um, I was close to my nan and granddad. I lived in Cyprus with them, grown up with nan and granddad. He taught me how to fish and that. And obviously, my granddad's 80-odd now. And my dream is to obviously get out and take him fishing abroad or wherever. But... I've been thinking about that for the last 10 years, to be honest with you. Yeah, my uncle, my uncles as well. I used to go rock climbing with him. We used to go on uh, holidays rock climbing. Uh, loads of stuff, loads and loads of stuff I think about. But um, 
I'm on, I'm, I've ended up on medication for my anxiety. I've got very, very bad trust issues. I second, I, I, I look at a situation, the worst before the best, because I suppose what's happened to me, and it might have something to do with, with obviously the injustice, so you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bad trauma experience. Um, trust issues are out the window. My confidence goes up and down. I get, I get social anxiety. Oh, you know, so I've also got, I've done time in a, in, in a segregation um, as well, due to me obviously fighting against the system. But now I've come to realise I'm trying to turn a negative into a positive. The last two to three years, um, I'm trying to educate myself. So maybe if I do get out, I can I can turn this negative into a positive and more my anger and frustration of what's happened to my life being ruined. I can channel that into either helping young offenders or helping people tell my story basically to people and help them to to see the light and, and try and help them change their lives around and that's the plan that um, me, and my, me and my family and friends have got once this mis miscarriage of justice gets overturned I'm not asking for any favours of anyone all I want is the truth it's there in black and white and um all we want is the truth. The truth is a powerful thing. I've told my mum and my family, I said, look, the truth, we're fighting for the truth is such a powerful thing, the truth. And the truth will, will always come out. It'll always beat a lies, the lies, the, the corruption, you know? You know, growing up, I wasn't an angel. We used to go out for drinking, clubbing, and, and we get into fights sometimes. I, I used to fight all my mates' battles all the time. You know, because I've got a big heart. Yeah, you know, even if I see someone getting mistreated in the street, I'd always get involved and try and help them and stop it. I've always been like that, you know, and it has got me in trouble in the past. But for this to happen to me, you know... I just, I just can't, I ain't got no words for it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, just hoping the truth will come out. And yeah, that's all I've got to say at the moment. Thank you. Well, that's just sad, isn't it, Jack? Really? That's heart heartbreaking to listen to. Yeah, it's me every time. I've listened to it a few times now, and um, I know it. Um, it 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 it, it doesn't sit right. It's, it's no, it's just it's just as well. I think that where he says he wishes he was innocent, because it'd make it easier. That's a really sad thing to say, you know. And his anxiety, and it's just you know, I know Mark really well, and it's it's. He's just such a, a, a lovely, caring, diamond person. You know, to have this happen to him is it, terrible and it's destroying him. Day by day, it's destroying him being in there and for something. I mean, I, I don't think you can fully appreciate 
until you actually hear. I don't, well, I don't think I actually fully got the sort of impact of it until I heard that audio, to be honest. Mm. You know, I know I've spoken to you and I've spoken to a few people and, yeah, you know, um, there's, there's talking about it and there's reading about it and then there's hearing the pain in his voice. Uh, and that is the first thing that, that hit me and the want just to be normal. Yes. Um, so for those that might not have seen part one, can you just give us a brief um, yes. Um, so, so the, <coughs> the victim was um, shot supposedly over a, a drug debt. Um, his brother and, a, and, and somebody he knew was, you know, uh, charged with a murder. Mark was not charged for over six months. His cellmate was um, facing deportation. He'd got a letter of probably two weeks before this happened. So when this murder took place, bear in mind, it was in all the newspapers. They get the newspapers in jail. We'd seen it in the jail. He, he asked to speak to somebody and said he knew his cellmate knew somebody that had committed a murder. He didn't say his cellmate, he knew somebody had committed a murder. Um, anyway, he gave his evidence. At first, his first story, was that um, he'd heard Mark on the phone to his brother, um, arranging to, to have this, this this person, you know, whatever. Um, but when when the when the phone call, phone logs never corroborated it, then suddenly that died a death. That 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 died a death. It's like he never said it. The police never brought it up again. Nobody brought it up again. Um, and he, so he just said it. All he said was he heard Mark get a phone call from someone saying they'd stuck ten in him. Um, that was the only evidence they had. Prosecutors, the, the CPS refused to charge Mark several times. This went on over a period of six months. For some reason, after six months, the police come and visit Ali the day before. I shouldn't say his name, sorry, the witness the day before. Then took him in for interview the next day. And then Mark was suddenly charged. We don't know why the evidence never changed. So, I mean, what we're talking about today is the, the main witness in this in this trial with Mark cellmate, I found out since we spoke last time, he was actually on a public protection sentence, which means he was classed as a danger to the public, um, the main witness. And that's because he'd had several um, convictions for armed robbery with guns, also knives. Um, he'd had a string of offenses from 15 upwards. He had, I'll recount, he had 13 aliases, nine different dates of birth. Every time he was arrested by the police, he gave a different name and a different date of birth, even to the home office. He even lied to the home office, the immigration people, saying his mum had he'd come over with his mum and he gave him a different name and date of birth and he didn't, he was with his auntie. And he even lied to the immigration. No one seemed to actually know what his real name was or his real date of birth was. And I found out since, going through the papers, the police give you like a print out of their PNC, which is their police national computer. And on every single sheet in the top left-hand corner, the main witness is called a certain name with a certain date of birth. And that is totally different from the name he was in prison with and the date of birth he's in prison with and the one he gave evidence as a witness as. Um, I, I, surely that should be illegal. The police was aware 
that he um, was using it. If it wasn't for the witness protection or anything like that, he had a different name in prison and um, the witness box. I don't know why, he just used different names. But the police were aware, because I found a statement from a DC, let's call him DCD, his, his initial was D, and he made a statement saying that the main witness was on a public protection uh, sentence, and he named him his proper name in that statement. So he was fully aware that then he was under a different name in prison and a different name in the witness box. And I don't know how that was allowed. Surely, surely it's a criminal offence to get in a witness box and give a fake name and a fake date of birth, whether the police are aware of your mm. aliases or not. Surely you can't just go in a witness box and pretend you're anybody. Surely, mm. surely, surely, and, and give a different date of birth. And how was, how was Mark's defence team supposed to look into, you know, like normally they look into a witness if they can find anything out and they'll bring up and they'll say this and say that. How could they look into a man that they didn't know his identity? They had 13 aliases, nine different dates of birth. None of them correlated with each other. He might have used one name one time, one date of birth another time. So there was no specific one name, one date of birth to, 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 to research him on. I don't think anybody actually really knew what his proper name and date of birth is. To this day, I don't think they know. He never had any documents, evidently, according to the Home Office. And um, I just don't understand how a man with, with all them convictions, a known prolific liar, could not tell the truth. How was he allowed to be classed as a reliable enough witness to sentence a man to 30 years in prison? How? I don't understand. If I got arrested tomorrow and I tried to use that same man and say I was with him and use him as my alibi, the police would laugh me at the police station. The court would mm. laugh me at the court. They would say, I can't, you can't use him. He's unreliable. He's a known liar. So how was they allowed to use him to put Mark in prison for 30 years? That's the only evidence they had on Mark. The only evidence. There is police intelligence stating that they could find no evidence of Mark dealing drugs or anything else in 2007. No, no police intelligence, no evidence whatsoever. So the only evidence they've got on him is, is, is this main witness. Um, and also, another question I'd like to ask, you know, the Ministry of Justice or somebody, if they'd ever meet me publicly and answer these questions, how this man was allowed. I'd also like to know, because to me, you know, the main witness says in many of his statements that him and Mark were in the cell very close to each other. Obviously, it's a small, small cell they shared. They were very close. So every time Mark was on the phone, he could hear what, we, what he was saying. So to my mind, if Mark supposedly arranged this, this shooting, why did, the, why did his cellmate not hear it? And if he did hear it, then why was he not charged with joint enterprise the same as anybody else? Because joint enterprise back in 2009, all you had to do was be able to foresee a crime was gonna happen. And that made you culpable. That made you where you could get charged joint enterprise for murder. So why wasn't his cellmate charged? Because if he supposedly heard it, then why mm. was he charged? And I'll tell you why he wasn't, because there was never any proof. He never actually said in any of these statements that he heard Mark arrange it. So he, if, he, if, if he heard it, he should have been charged. If he didn't hear it, Mark shouldn't be in there. And he didn't, because not one of his statements, and I can prove it, say that he heard Mark, apart from the very first conversation he had, with two officers, when they came, and he said, "I heard he heard Mark on the phone to Tony on the 30th of 
um, May, which was a day before the shooting, I think, or two days before the shooting, arranging it. When the phone records come through and it showed that conversation could not have took place, it was absolutely impossible, nobody ever mentioned it again. He never mentioned it again in his statement. The police never questioned why he said that in the first place. It just got buried like it never happened. Um, and so I just, I just think that's very, I mean, I, I'm going to ask people at some point through this afterwards at the end or whatever, I've, I've, I've drafted a letter out that I would like everybody to send via an email. I can email anybody that wants it and it's an editable one. So all they've got to do is add their name and address on the bottom. And I want that to email them to the Minister of Justice. It took me 30 phone calls today to find out an email for the Lord Chancellor that they could send it to. And I've got it. So if anybody, if everybody says they want to help Mark and they say, what can we can we do? This is what you need to do. I want everybody to email the Lord Chancellor, which is also the Minister of Justice. You can either write the letter yourself or I can send you it by email. And all it asks is how a man like the main witness of all of that convictions, all of all of those alices, et cetera, et cetera, was allowed to give evidence to settle, to, to send a man down for 30 years. And it just states that as a member of public, if we tried to do the same, they wouldn't let us use them. So how was this allowed? And if enough people ask that same question, so surely someone's got to answer it. I would like somebody from the Minister of Justice or the Minister of Justice himself to meet me and answer these questions in public because I don't know how they can justify this, Jack. I don't know they can justify this. Mark is innocent. There is no evidence against Mark other than this liar. So I don't understand that it was ever allowed. I don't. I don't know how they got away with it. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, like the phone, you, you would imagine uh, with the phone um, that all calls would be recorded as well. They so would. surely if this call happened, it would have been recorded. Hence, yeah, there no, would be evidence. Jack, there was actually evidence that proved that conversation never took place. Mark never spoke to his brother at all. The, 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 the phone logs proved it. That's why that subject got dropped. Then he suddenly changed it too. He heard someone on the phone to Mark saying, I stuck 10 in him. Right, the police used that throughout the trial. They tried to say that, they, that, that there, was, there was 10, but there wasn't. There were seven bullets and one or six bullets and one found at the scene on loose, stray. So there was only seven. So I don't know where they kept focusing on this 10 for, okay? Um, also, you know, I don't really like talking about the victims because I don't want to upset the family, but there, it, what, there, was, there was only six bullets and, and one stray, there was never 10. So I don't know why they focused on that 10 or how they got away with that 10. Mm. The only 10 mentioned was wounds, but obviously a, a bullet ricochets through people. So it can cause more wounds with one bullet. So that's the only way. But there was not 10 bullets found at the scene. There was not 10 bullets to do with the victim. OK, mm. so I don't know how, why they focused on that either. Um, as I said to you, no one's fighting for, for Mark's brother or the other bloke. You know, there's quite a bit of other evidence against them. There is nothing against Mark. Mark was in Mark was in jail. Mark had nothing to do with this. You know, even the, even the victim's um, girlfriend, she made a statement saying she, you know, he only worked for Mark's brother. She made a statement. Um, but according to them, she wasn't a reliable 
witness because she got a few things wrong. Now, bear in mind, the woman was in shock. Um, when, you know, and yet a police, a, a police officer, again, DCD, we'll call him, was interviewed by the CCRC regarding the trial. And he got everything wrong. He got all the details wrong. And yet he's a reliable witness. And, you know, he even stated in his statement that he believed that, that the people never meant to kill the victim. They meant to frighten him and, and it got out of hand. That's coming from a police officer. But as I say, regardless, there's a lot about other evidence against the others. But Mark, there is nothing apart from this witness. And as I say, this witness, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he was ever allowed to, to how, how can you call a man like that reliable? And how was he allowed to get in a witness box and with a fake name and date of birth? How was that allowed to happen? Yeah, that you know, is surely, the... surely he perjured himself, Jack. Well, yeah, um, I would imagine so, um, because uh, even if he was on wit uh, witness protection or witness relocation or whatever they want to call it, um, he shouldn't be allowed to perjure himself. No, um, but he, 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 when he, was, he, he used the name in the witness box that he was using in the jail, so he wasn't supposedly under... That's another funny thing about him, actually, you know, during the trial, the um, the Mark's defence team asked the police if if the main witness had ever helped them in other inquiries before, as in other words, was he a known informant? Because obviously his motive for coming forward because he felt bad for the victim. This is what he supposedly said. Even though every time he spoke to the police, he's like, "When are you getting me out of here? When are you getting me out of here?" But anyway, um, uh. If he was a known informant, that changes his motive. That makes his motive false. But when the when the defence team asked the police, was he a known informant? They refused to answer, and the defence team was told they was not allowed to cross-examine the main witness and ask him that. They wasn't allowed to ask him if he was a prior informant, if he'd ever helped the police before. Why is that? Mm. Why is that? Because it would have put everything in doubt. You know, I think the police knew knew the main witness was a liar. I think they clumped Mark into this, thinking if he knew anything about the other two, he might speak up. So I think they just threw him in there. I didn't probably did, they probably didn't think for one second that the jury would find Mark, you know, guilty because this bloke was a, a, a massive liar. He even lied, in the, he even got up, he even lied while he was in there. He accused um, Mark of threatening him down in the cells during the trial and even the, 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 the court officers said it was a total false thing because they'd made sure they was kept totally separate in a totally different areas. So there was no way Mark could have gone anywhere near him. Um, and that was proven and said in court that he'd actually lied about that. I just do not understand. This is just criminal. The, the, biggest, the biggest crime here is Mark getting put down for 30 years. This, that's the biggest crime here when it comes to mm. Mark's participation in this. Mark's the victim in this, not, not anybody else. Not, you know, I just... He, the, 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 the main witness got thrown off of the, the witness protection scheme in the end because of his behaviour. He ended up back in jail. He actually, at one stage, he, he, I've got a statement here, actually, on, on my side here, where he withdrew, withdrew his... Um, testimony with Drew. He said he's not going to, he's not going to, he said, he, and he, he says in the um, actual statement, I was tricked by the police 
in giving my statement, I now wish to withdraw it. He also makes several statements to the police saying, you, oh, you're not, I want to get out of it, you're not getting me out of it. At one stage, he, he actually withdraws. He's refusing to work with the police. And there's an interesting conversation between the probation people and, again, this DCD. Um, and the, the, the probation officer says to him, certain things he's doing, you've got to be careful with because this is going to have to come out. And the police officer says to him, well, at the moment, I've got a witness that won't speak. I need to do what I can. I'll explain myself when I need to. So that's very dubious for a start off. Mm. Um, and he also, they also go and see him when he's refusing to, to give um, evidence. And I don't know what he said. They said in, in this statement, it says this police officer speaking. He said, I tell blah, blah, somewhere that he may get sent to here if he doesn't testify. And the main witness says to the police officer, well, the only thing worse you can do, to, he said, the only thing worse you can do to me than that is kill me. So I don't know what they was threatening him with and where they was going to send him, but it obviously worried the life out of him. So I think they coerced him to a degree and pressured him to, to, to speak. I don't, I don't, it's just not, none of this sits right, Jack. And if somebody needs to look at this, I don't actually know how I can make someone, because so, I think if someone looked at it, they'd let Mark out. I don't, there's nothing, mm. it's a crime. It's wrong. I don't know. I don't know. There's one thing that I, I, I don't remember whether I asked it on, on the last um, interview. Um, what, what did, what was, uh, what did Mark's brother say? Did, did he, um, you know, uh, mention his name or did he? Well, no, um, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He said they led, led separate lives, etc. That's another thing, actually. Mark's brother and the other co-defendant were, were, both, were both giving a cutthroat defence, which means they was attacking each other, which also put Mark in a precarious position where he couldn't get into the witness box because when when you're against two people or if you're if you're if you go in a witness box for example the prosecution can't bring up anything you've done unless you've been convicted for it other than that they're not allowed to say anything about you know any anything you might have even just been even if you've been cleared of it you know they they they, they, they can't bring it up okay but when you've got two cutthroat codes if Mark had got in the box, they, you know, if Mark had been arrested before for something and got away with it, they could have brought all that up. They could have made him, thrown as much dirt at him as they wanted to, because they're allowed to, because it's a cutthroat defence. So Mark was also in the precarious position, really. I believe, personally, Mark didn't get a fair trial. He couldn't get a fair trial. When you're up against two codes that are both cutthroat, you can't get in that witness box and speak for yourself. You can't, and, and I do, you know, I, I've, I've asked someone if it's, if it's possible if Mark could go to the Human Rights Court under the um, section, you know, Article 6, unfair trial, because I believe he didn't get a fair trial. Mark really should have been severed from the, for the, other, from the other two. Um, and it takes six years to get to the Human Rights Court, and evidently you've got to do it within a time limit, though there are exceptional, so, because I seriously believe Nothing about what's happened to Mark is fair, and that's not me as a friend. 
that's that's looking at the legal papers and finding nothing. That's mm. knowing what's going on with you know how things went. Even I've spoke to his solicitor. I'm not going to name him, but he, even he said he believes Mark shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? He's, he, he's a victim of a miscarriage of justice. I don't know anybody that thinks Mark should be there. No, I mean I've looked at the um, USB that you sent me. Uh, I've had a gaze upon it, um, and the stuff in there is. It's, 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 yeah, it's simple that he, he he's there's something going on. He it's not all that it. Yeah, you know, did, did you know, did you know the, right, the day they arrest when the prosecution finally decided to take to charge Mark, they literally they picked him up from the jail. They rushed him to blue lighted into Shoreditch, I think it was police station. I don't know why there anyway. Questioned him. They phoned Romford Court and made Romford Court keep the court open, especially to drive Mark all the way back so they could take him into the courtroom. And then the next day, I think it was, he was at Snaresbrook. Um, and it was all rush, 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 because I think they was running out of time. They, was, they were supposed to charge Mark by September, I'll say, and this was like November. So they was running out of time. I don't even know if they legally, I should imagine they must have kept through. I don't know. It's just everything, everything about Mark's case is wrong. Pardon me. There is so much wrong with it. And that's why I would like somebody or the Minister of Justice, or somebody to meet me publicly, publicly, and answer my questions publicly, because I do not think they can justify what's gone on with Mark. I don't think they, they'd be able to say, yes, it was okay that a man like that gave evidence against Mark. He had a worse, worse convictions than Mark. He, honestly, multiple convictions, multiple with guns and knives. Um, and, and assault on police officers and assault on everybody else. And it was just one thing after the other. And also, interestingly enough, I found out that he um, had some mental health issues and it was denied during the, the court trial. But for some reason, though the police were aware of two incidents of mental health when they arrested him, they didn't put it on the PNC until 2010, two years after the trial. Why? Was they hiding the fact that he had mental health? Because they, 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 they noted the incidents in 2007, both of them, but did not place them on the PNC to 2010. Why? Mm. What was they hiding? You know, it's just, it's, it's too much, Jack, honestly. You know, it ain't just one little thing. There's too much stuff. Somebody needs to look at it and somebody needs to meet me if they, and, and answer my questions. Do you know what I'm saying? Publicly. I don't yeah. want it done behind closed doors. I want it. I, I think the public have got a right to know. I think the public have got a right to know if our justice system is this corrupt. The public have got to hear hear their side of it because I think they. How can they deny it's corrupt? Corrupt? Why won't they come out and speak? Yeah. Because they because they can't because they can't justify what's gone on in this trial. They can't. And yet we can't get anywhere. We can't get to the appeal court. You know, as I said to you before, the substantial evidence test with a CCRC, you've now got to prove you're innocent to, to get in. And you've got to come up with new evidence. How the hell are we supposed to do that? You know, what more evidence do you want than, 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 than you know, a prolific liar with 13 agencies and didn't even use his real name in the witness box? Surely that should be enough. Surely someone should look at this and say, this is corrupt. Something went wrong here. 
You know, Mark spent 13 years. They are destroying Mark every day. You know, every day he must lose a bit of himself in there, really, because, you know, to, to get up every day, Jack, and just be locked in a cell 23 hours a day for something you didn't do. They even had visitors, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, his nan's not well and, you know, all his family, you know, his mum's getting old, everyone's getting older. It, it must be soul-destroying. It, 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 when I talk to him sometimes, it upsets me. Honestly, it, re it really upsets me. I get really emotional over it sometimes because he's such a lovely dime. I wish you knew him. If you knew him, Jack, if you knew him, this would, this would touch your heart even more. If anybody out there watching this knew him, it would touch their heart even more because he is such a lovely, caring bloke with such a big heart. He is. I can't, I can't say enough nice about him, Jack. Honestly, I'm not just saying that because I know him. I wouldn't say that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm a very straight talking. He is a diamond and he does not deserve this. And somebody needs to step up. Somebody needs to, to do something. Yeah, they do. Um, I will do my bit to what I can. Um, as I've said to you, I, I'd love to be able to um, speak to Mark and get his story and his words and, you know, use this platform. I always said that this platform was for yeah. people that don't have a voice. And right now, Mark William Osborne is voiceless. Mm, exactly. Um, and it's people like you that are being his voice out into the public. So, you know, this is why I need to stand up for people like Mark. I've read some of the evidence. Um, it's heavy reading. Um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to talk to Mark and, and uh, you know, do, do a few more of these if I can work out how to use this properly again. And, um, get some more audio out there and just in his own words yes can, yeah you know we can speak for him but his well, it's time, about time someone give him his voice back in it you know away from him it's about time someone give him his voice back and let him speak and you know yeah. his tone alone speaks volumes yeah what, what i heard in in that he, he, in that audio was pain, hurt, mm. disappointment, just years and years just piled up on a man that is just broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I, 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 for one, can't sit here while a, a massive miscarriage of justice like that is going ahead without doing anything. That's what I'm saying. See, he has days sometimes when he don't won't talk to nobody because he's in such a bad place. Do you know what I'm saying? And it, I, it, it's, it's, it destroy him in the end. He won't. He won't be the same. He won't ever be the same person now. If he got released tomorrow, he wouldn't be the same person now. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's taking an effect on him. How much can how how long can you keep getting up and banging and banging on doors and 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 you know and trying to get help and. You know, solicitors, they can't, can't do this, can't do that. Surely someone can do something, surely. This is why I'm doing my law degree, because I'm determined, to, I'm determined. When something's this wrong, then surely it has to be put right. Surely, surely there's got to be a way. There has to be a way. 
I won't, I won't, I won't hear it that it's not, I won't hear it off anybody that it's not. I'm determined to get Mark out one way or another. And as I say to you, um, I also want people to email the Lord Chancellor, which is the Minister of Justice, at the end of this. If anyone sends me their email, I can send them a draft letter and just put their name address on it. I'll give them the email. They just forward it to the Lord Chancellor. If enough people ask the Lord Chancellor these questions, they're going to have to answer them. And they will, it, will make, it will highlight Mark's case to them. People say they want to help Mark. Well, this is how to do it. You know, people got to start, we've got to start making some noise, but you've got to do it in the proper way because otherwise yeah. you just look, you come across as trouble, you know, so you've got to do it in the proper manner and emailing and everyone asking the same question, same question again, 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 the more people that email, you know, it's got to have some impact. And I also would look to like to put it out there, you know, David Lammy, David Lammy's give Mark a um, case case number and he's keeping an eye on his case David Lemmy's the shadow minister of justice case anybody out there doesn't know but he can't help him because we're not under his constituent but you know someone meet with me meet with me and meet with me and discuss me discuss this with me and tell me how this is right tell me that this case is not wrong meet me no one will that's, that's the most frustrating part. And it, as I say, it took me hours today to get the Lord Chancellor's email to even try and get in touch with someone that's got any power to do with this. It's impossible. It was not impossible, but it's really hard. Mm. You know, uh, and, and I mean, Dominic Raab is the, now the new uh, Minister of Justice, which I don't think he's going to be any better by the sounds of it. So God help, God help everybody. But... So we need to make some noise. We need, we need, we need. Someone's got to do something. They can't sleep. Mark in there. I will not have it. We've got to do something. Yeah, I mean, after this interview, um, I will, um, well, say now, if if people want to get the email address and they don't have Julie, um, on Facebook, drop me a, a, a DM to this account. Uh, and I will convey your name across. I will also convey the um, email address. Um, and... Yes, I'll even give them a draft letter, as I say, so they haven't even got to worry about writing it or wording it right. It's, it's just, it's, it's, I've made it so you can just have the letter and you can write, you know, just type your name at the bottom, you type your address at the bottom, and then you forward it to the email address I'll give you. So it's not even hard work. It's not even, you know, complicated. It's straightforward. It's easy. Um, and I'm more than happy to, to to send it to anybody that wants it. So, and as I say, this will help a lot. It's something that everybody can do to help that doesn't involve them, you know, too much out of their life or anything else, you know. Um, mm -hmm. It just is it's, it's something that would really, really help. And any help, you know, would be, and obviously, again, Mark's petition, that slowed down a bit. We need to get that signed. It will get that out again. I will push that out on yeah. my pages. Um, mm -hmm. I think you need something like, is it 20,000 signatures to get it? It's 10,000 for it to be heard in Parliament. 10,000, I think it is. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm doing a takeover day on Instagram on the 9th of October. Wrongful Convictions Matter um, have allowed me to um, take over their page to put Mark's story out there. Nice. And I'm also supposed to be having an interview with... Uh, I don't know, I suppose I'm allowed to say it with um, Liquid Bullet Productions at some point. 
in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, they're going to put Mark's story out. They've kindly agreed to put Mark's story out there. So there are a few people that are taking um, taking note and trying to trying to help. So you know, and I pre we appreciate any help you can. If anyone else out there can help us in any way, you know, please contact me or Jack. And you know, yeah, I'm I'm in this for the long haul. Um, you know, I. You know, since the first time I spoke to you, it's um, you, you know, I, I never intended to get involved with wrong, wrongful convictions and 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 stuff like that. Um, our miscarriages of justice. Um, you know, I just wanted to um, tell, help tell stories, and then, you know these things kept coming to me and then Mark's story um, uh, and, and John Crilly's story. Yeah. And it's, um, it's hard. It, it, it's, it's hard to digest that, you, you know, um, I've done some naughty things in my time. Um, you know, some of them I, I, I haven't, been, been, you know, done for and, and, and some of them that I have, and yeah, you, you know, that's that's justice. Um, but to have served 13 years of a minimum of a 30 year sentence for a murder you did not commit it's is soul destroying. For, yeah. for everyone around, everyone that yeah knows Mark. I don't know Mark, really. I only know what people have told me, what you've told me, and, you know. He's one of the um, nicest people you could meet, Jack. Honestly, he's one of the nicest people. I love Mark. I've got so much respect for Mark. You know, even the, when he's not having his bad days, he still tries to be positive, you know. He, uh, and, he's, he, you know, I talk to him a lot, and he's there for me when I'm, I'm having a bad day as well. You know, even though he's got all his crap going on and all his... He, he's still got time for other people and their, their troubles, you know. And that says a lot. He's just, he's just a diamond. I can't... I can't speak high, highly of him. I can't high enough of him. I can't. I couldn't. You couldn't. Mm. He, he just doesn't deserve where he is, and he cannot spend, you know, another seventeen years in there. He can't. He can't. That's a crime in itself. Someone's got to do some. Someone's got to do something. Yeah. Got to. It's got. It's got to be hard on his family as well. It's got to be hard on his mum. It breaks her heart. His mum, it breaks his mum. His mum, him and his mum were so, well, they are still so close, but obviously, but, she, you know, it breaks her heart every day. It's sad. It's, it's just sad. It's sad. It's, 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 it's just, it's sad. You can't speak to his mum or you speak to him without getting, I get emotional. Sometimes Mark talks to me and I say to him, Mark, please, don't, don't tell me because I'm going to get upset because it's upsetting to hear him talk. You know, when you care about somebody, um, and just, just silly things, you know, and I don't mean like he's necessarily when he's on down, he might just talk about things he misses, like having children or what he wants to do with his life. And it's just, it's so sad. It breaks my heart. It does. Honestly, um, I actually do get emotional. Sometimes I'll sit here and cry because it's so hard, you know, because I just wish I could just wave a magic wand and get him out. And I, sometimes it's like swimming against a tide, 
you know, and you're doing, you keep swimming and swimming and swimming, and the tires just pushing you back. And it, and it, and I, it's just because it's really horrible. And I think, you know, I've got to get, we've got to get him out. We can't, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard, for, it's hard for me as well. It's hard for Mark, you know, not as hard for me, for, for me as it is for Mark, but it's still, it is upsetting. It is hard. It is hard because it's just, it's a hard fight. But I won't ever give up. I will always keep going. And I, I believe we will get him out at some point because I have to believe that, you know. You know, if we don't, then there's something wrong with this world. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, um, there's always hope. Um, that I'm, you know, I'm a big one for that. And, um, you know, I'll certainly be people know about my faith and you know i'll certainly be getting a lot of prayer in for that and you know i'll, I'll certainly be getting I'll, I'll be getting a whole town um yeah. praying for this because this is not acceptable um you know and every day he spends in in that cell an innocent man another kick in the face yeah. like a beating every day and he still yeah. gets up and he still tries to be positive and well he started education and that now he started working out he started education. he started to get a little bit of hope back since we sort of like working sort of together to try and do something but you know it's, it just i don't know i can't i do you know what it upsets me to talk about it to a degree jack you know sometimes it's yeah. just, I just, it's just hard. It's just for it breaks my heart for him because he's such a, such a lovely bloke. I just, you know, as I say, if I could make a wave a magic wand, I'd pick him up tomorrow. You know, yeah. unfortunately, I can't, and it's, it's just not, it's not, it's not nice. It's horrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mark's mum's in, in, in. Uh in the chat you know there's this 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 yeah. certainly um you, you know a, a a lot of love in, in these words you know yeah. she says what man after 13 years in prison can think of a future when he is still looking at another 17 years that's what i mean still to go for a crime he hasn't committed that's what i mean his mum's 61 now you know 17 years she's going to be like 78 you know what I'm saying, Jack? Time, times, times going by. It can't. We can't. It can't be allowed. And as I said to you, if there was other evidence against him or whatever, but there's not. It's just this stupid. I, don't, I will call him a scumbag because the main witness is a scumbag. Was a scumbag, and that's not because of what he done to Mark. That's that he was one beforehand. How? How? I don't understand it, Jack. I can't. I can't, I know I keep saying it, but I cannot get my head around this. And I would like somebody in power to meet with me. David Lemmy, I've asked David Lemmy to meet with me and discuss with me how he thinks this is okay. I mean, David Lemmy is a good fighter for joint enterprise and stuff like that. But um, he is, and you know, he's only shadow minister of justice, but he, he, does, he does support, but nobody will meet me in public and answer this, these questions publicly. And surely they should, if this case is so right, and Mark should be in there, why won't they come and answer it public, publicly? 
why won't they come and explain how it was okay for, for, for a, a prolific liar to do that when it wouldn't be okay for me to, to you? You know, had this been the other way around and Mark tried to use his cellmate, they would never have allowed it. I don't, you know, and I keep harping on about it because it's shocking. It's shocking that they, that, that they used him. I don't know how they got away with it. I don't know, I don't, and I don't know why the Crown prosecution finally decided to charge Mark because nothing changed. For six months they refused, nothing changed. And then suddenly, bang, they charged him. I don't, I don't understand. I think they just, as I say, I think they lumped him in. So I think, I think they thought if all else failed and they couldn't get enough of a case against the other two, I think they was hoping Mark would turn and, 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 and if he knew anything, speak. Because he would be scared of going, I think that's why they lumped him in. You know what I'm saying? But Mark couldn't speak because Mark didn't know anything. No. And the way, the way you've got to look at it is, if this is happening to Mark, how many more people are in there? Yes. Murders that they didn't commit? Yes. How many it's more like people are there? Jack, isn't it? Yeah, for, for evidence that doesn't exist. Yes. I'm, I'm a fighter against the, um, the uh, IPP um, yeah. uh, sentence. I know so many people that, that have been on it, uh, and there's still over 3,000 prisoners, I believe. Oh. Um, if, if I'm wrong, please please tell me in, in the comments, uh, that, that are in there on moderate sentences that have done years and years and years and years for a relatively small crime. Um, you know, I, I had uh, Anthony Morris on, um, who spent, I think, 13 years uh, for a, a relatively small crime, um, all in the name of public protection. And I understand there are people that do need to be in there for public protection. Um, yes. But, you know, yeah. it, it weighs up the, the, the pros and the cons. And there are so many people in there that, you know, um, I believe there's a guy that's, that's been in there for 16 years that's... Um, Oh, he stole a bike. He was a prolific bike thief. That's what um, I'm you telling me Because of the it. mental mental illness, mental health, burnt his bed, um, keeps getting time added on, added on, added on, and he's not getting out. And these people, um, um, you know, Mark has been failed by not just the British justice system, but he's been... The CCRC, the appeal courts, even the solicitors to a degree. Even the solicitors to a degree, you know, how can they not look at that and not want to fight for Mark, you know, but then, but then they're, they're banging their head against the corrupt system. But, you know, someone, someone somewhere has got to be held responsible. I mean, you've seen the new, the new court they've built in Manchester. No, I haven't. The dock, the dock holds up to 12 people so they can bring in more joint enterprise cases. And you know it's going to be from the boys from the poorer areas. You know what I'm saying? Because unfortunately, that's the, the statistics are, and it's not because they're more trouble. Statistics are young, young you know, poorer people are going to, you know, they, they get abused by the um, justice system. But something's got to change. Something has to change, and somebody needs to review Mark's case. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm actually going to go banging on doors or something soon because. Something's got to be done. Someone's got to listen or someone's got to at least meet with me and explain this situation to me because at the moment I can find no valid reason why Mark should be in there. I can't find no valid reason why that man was allowed to be a witness. That was scraping the bottom of the barrel. 
You know, the whole his whole conversation, every every bit of paper I could get out now, every time he speaks to the police, when am I getting out? When am I getting out? When you're moving me? When am I getting out? That's all he ever says. Every time he wants to speak to him. And uh, I just, you know, I, I believe, I believe he was a, he was a, a, probably a known informant, but because of all his alias and his dates of birth, it's hard to find that information out. It's like I found a sheet of paper that said his CRO record was made over. What's that mean? Why? You know, CRO, oh, it's, it's his crime record, something. I don't know exactly what it means, but it was made over. Why was it made over and changed? That tells me. And if he was, if he was an informant, then that totally throws his witness thing out of the window because it is motive, according to him. The reason he come forward is because he felt bad for the victim. But as I said to you, Mark, there's no way Mark could have arranged it without him knowing it because he was in the same cell. So, as I say, he should either have been charged or he lied. Well, he didn't even lie, really, because he never even said it, apart from the once. And as soon as, they, as I say, as soon as the police realised the phone records showed that he, Mark couldn't have spoke to Tony, that got dropped. Never brought up again. Never, never, never got, he never even got asked, why did you say that at first? He even said in his first statement that he spoke to the shooter himself on the day of the murder. That got dropped and all that never that never happened. Suddenly it was Mark that spoke to him. So I mean nothing, even in his in his relevant statements, he chopped and changed them, he withdrew them, he changed them, said different things, and no one questioned anything. It's it's strange. Very, very strange, very, very corrupt and very, very strange. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And as I said to you, every day that goes on is a crime because Mark is, is destroying Mark in the process. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they've took Mark's life away. It, it, it's they took away who he is. He ain't he ain't he ain't who he was anymore. They're taking it. Yeah. You know they've took away his freedom. They've took away his pride. They've took away his confidence. They take they're, they're stripping him bare for saying he didn't do. That, that's that's what's heartbreaking about it. He's losing his identity. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's it, it's it's uh, that should be a crime in itself. Yeah. Someone should be held accountable for what they've done to Mark. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, it like you said in like he said in his um in his audio that he wishes he was guilty. Mm. Um, and you you said last time that. You know, he'd even be willing to step up and, you know, take a, a, another charge for time served because yeah. he wants to be with his family. Well, I'm going to write to the Queen. I'm going to ask her for a pardon. You never know. Never. Because, you know, he's been 13 years, whatever the weather, and I just think, like, enough's enough, you know. There's no evidence. I'm gonna write. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm writing to everybody, Jack. I'm trying everything I can try. We've got some. Which we're waiting for some paperwork to come from. I don't really can't really say where from or what. There are there are things going on in the background at the moment to try and sort of find some new stuff out. So you know there is other things going on, and I'm just praying that something either something something will happen, something will give. You know what I'm saying? Because. He shouldn't be in there, and it's as I say, it just breaks my heart every day. 
every day. I just, you know, it's just sad. I mean, he couldn't ask for a better friend, really. I mean, you've stuck by him for thick and thin. You, you, you're fighting his case. Oh, yeah, um, you're doing all this. You know, um, it's, you, you know, you deserve the recognition because you, you, you know, you've dedicated your life to proving him. You know, I always, I always will, I always will, Jack, because I'm, I, you know, because he's a good person. I know he should be in there. I will, I will never, ever walk away or give up helping Mark. Never, I will never stop fighting for Mark. Never in a million years. I don't care. I will never stop. And I'm hope, but I'm hoping I don't have to. I'm hoping I don't have to keep going. I'm hoping someone, um, something, something gives, something changes, something happens. You know, we get him out in some way because, you know, um, Mark, Mark, Mark deserves to be out. Mark deserves to be having a life. They owe Mark now. Do you know what I'm saying? They've took it away from. Them. They need to give it back to him. Yeah. They need, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, it might, might as well. You know, they, they are slowly murdering him. That's the way I see it anyway, um, because they, they've stripped him of everything. They're mm. trying to strip him of his dignity. They've stripped mm. him of his identity. Um, yeah. And, and you take that away from a man and, and you lock him away. Um, you know, no matter what they're doing there, Jack. Like, you know, a little while ago, Mark was ill. He had a, a bad ear. Um, and he asked, he asked three days on the trot to see somebody because of his ear. Now, I, I work, as you know, I work in the NHS. And an ear infection in an adult, if left untreated, can cause serious issues. You know, it can affect your bones, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so three days he tried. And then, uh, I, and so I rung him up and I said, like, he's got a really bad ear. Yes, he's on the list. I don't know why he weren't brought over. He'll be brought over this afternoon. I think five or six days later, he rung me at six in the morning. He said, seven in the morning. Do I'm in agony. I'm in agony with my ear. I've been up, blah, 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 blah. So I tried to ring the prison. They put me through to somebody. He's like, you can't talk to me. You haven't gone through security. Put me back again. The way they treated me was disgusting. You know, just trying to help Mark. And the way they left Mark was disgusting. They left him in pain. He had fluid coming out of his ear. They treat, they treat, they treat... They treat them worse than animals at times. Mm. It's disgusting. You know, I, I said to him, you're breaching, you know, our friends report them to the NMC, et cetera, et cetera, because I said to him, they're failing their duty, you know, as, 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 as medical staff to not treat him, to leave mm. him like that. You know, it was obviously deliberate. And it's just, you know, even things like that, getting proper medical help don't happen. I mean, he got it in the end after God knows how many phone calls, but... It's not the point. He, 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 we had to fight to get it, and he was in pain. He, as I say, he had fluid coming out of his ear. That's how bad it got. Mm. So just, how's his conditions now? They're, yeah, they're, they're not too bad now. I mean, as Mark's going education every like a lot of days, so he's getting out to education, which is, and he's working out. Um, obviously, it's not as hot now, so though the ventilation hasn't changed, yeah. it's not as hot, so it's not as bad. But you know, uh, Mark. Mark's Mark tries to make the best of a bad situation. Just you know, he has his days where he struggles, but he, you know, he tries and he tries to be upbeat for everybody else as well because he knows, you know, it's quite sad really because he 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 works to keep everyone else happy. You know, even though he must be more un more unhappy than any of us put together. 
you know what I'm saying? And yet he's still like, you know, he ring me up, he tried to cheer me up, you're all right, you know, how's your day, blah, blah, blah. He rings his mum and he's always upbeat and tries to, you know, keep you, keep you up. So he cares more about other people than himself, which is, you know, says a lot about who he is and what he's about, you know. And yet really, he must feel like a drowning man in there sometimes, you know. But you'd never, you know, apart from when he has his bad days, you'd never know because he just tries to look after everybody else still. And I think that makes it even sadder, you know. It does. It does. You see, I, you, you know, I think we can all moan about things that, that, that come across as unfair in life. Um, you know, and I think it's just a reality check that you, I'm, I'm free. Yeah. You know, when I finish this interview, I, I, I can go into the house, go into mm. my wife, I, I, I can make a drink, I, you know, I can say goodnight to the kids. Yeah. Um, I've got a roof over my head. I've mm. got sobriety under my belt. I've got family that I love and they love me. Yeah. I've got friends. I can go see them. I can go to church. I can do all this. But yeah, I can still moan about these little mm. things that, and then you, you you think about that, and then you think about what Mark's going through, and he's still finding the time to try and cheer other people up. I don't think I would be mentally strong enough for that. I think. I know that's what I'm saying. That says a lot about who he is. That's Mark does care about everybody else over himself, really. And and that's what I'm saying. That's what upsets me sometimes because he is so caring, and I think, you know, bless you. You you just. You know, I can't, I, you know what, I can't even really talk about it because it, it upsets me when I talk about it, really. So mm. I'm going to drop it there because, you know, it's just sad, man. It's sad. It's sad. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I'm not going to say no more because it's uh, it upsets me. Yeah. Can So can, can people write to Mark or email Mark? Is that a possibility? Yeah, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can write, you can go right to the, uh, you can go to the Dove, to the, he's in Dovegate prison and there's an email service um, and obviously you can write to him. I'm not sure. I wouldn't give out his prison number without asking no. him. So maybe they could go through you or me there to, if yeah. they wanted to do that, rather than just give me, give any of his private information out because, you know, without his permission, I like yeah. to ask Mark permission for anything I do for him or about him because, you know, they've took so much away from him as it is. It's got to still be, he's still got to have some decisions in life and some choices, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. yeah. But they, yeah, wanna... there are ways around it if Mark's happy for that to happen, yes. Yeah, and if he's happy for that, I, I, I want to ask everybody just to send him some love um, and, and put it out there. Um, it's something that I will be doing um yeah you know, but most uh, importantly jack if everyone can write to the, the address for the i'm going to say the address anyway the email yeah. address and say so if they want a draft letter then contact me but it's actually um capital p capital s p for peter s for sugar dot lord chancellor capital l for lord capital c for chancellor one word lord chancellor at justice.gov.uk so that's who they can email 
and demand answers regarding Mark's case. If they don't know what to write, I will provide them with a draft letter. But everybody needs to, you know, people say they want to help Mark. This is the way. You ain't even got to leave your ass. It takes you two minutes. Just email the Lord Chancellor, highlight Mark's case, ask some questions, you know. That will help more than it. That'd be better than writing to him, really. To be out there fighting for him really would help Mark more than writing to him. I know, no, I'm not saying he wouldn't appreciate hearing from people, yeah. but we need people to fight his corner. Mm. We need people to we need to make people stand up and take notice and and power in numbers, always power in numbers. The more people that stand up for Mark and, and act for Mark, the better. Mm. So, you know, more importantly, you know, email. If you don't want to draft, you know, either I'll give you a draft letter or you can do it off your own back. Email the Lord Chancellor. If you want the email address again, Jack can put it up or I'll put it up in the chat um, or you can contact me or Jack. Um, that that would help a million percent. And signing his petition, sharing his petition, those would help. They would be really appreciated. That's what's going to get, maybe get Mark out. Yeah. No, on the top of the page um I'll, uh, I will have this video on the top of the page for a few days um to maximize views uh, and then i will put mark's petition and pin it to the top of the page um above this um and then we can see see if we can get it out um i'll have my admins push out um what we can on as many groups as we can um and see if we can actually find me now for once um make a headway um so just to be clear to um, get hold of the petition if you want um to, to the petition that will be online if you want the draft letter um either email me um or leave a comment on here um, and Julie and I will get back to you um, with all the details. Um, I'm going to have a look at some sort of mailing list anyway over the next few days um, for the accidental journalists, so I may as well um, do it for this as well and then add people to it through that too. Um, Just a quick one and all, Jack. We should have a, a website up and running for Mark by next weekend. So it will be on his free Mark Osborne official page on Facebook, it will link. Um, and that just that's just a little bit that tells you about, you know, Mark's conviction, a little bit about Mark, there's that recording from Mark on the website. There's a bit about how it's affected the family and some videos. And then there's some social media pages and asking anyone to help get the story out, et cetera, with his petition on it. So that should be going going live next week. So I'll let you know. Maybe you can sort of announce it, and I'm gonna, you know, yeah, put the link out there, and then get some support that way as well. As, as, as soon as it goes live, I will put that out. But also, what I'm going to do is, uh, when this has finished, over the next couple of days, uh, as you know, this video will go on to YouTube, um, which will then be linked to my website, uh, jwgreg.wordpress.com. Um, and it will be on there to watch under the podcast, the Accidental Journalist podcast. But also, I'm going to edit this um, for uh, Spotify um, and for my uh, podcasting channel, uh, Live and Undrugged. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the 
actual audio at the start of the interview and at the end of the interview um just to hit home um you know it's 12 minutes of your life um to listen to that and i i would employ you to listen to it again and etch every single word onto your heart yeah because that's that's what we need we need people and we need heart warriors um yeah. that are gonna um stand up and and actually amplify this voice that we're now getting for mark um so yeah uh anything that i can do um i will do it will all go onto the page it will go onto the website in fact i, I think i'll probably dedicate a, a, a page to mark on the on my website um and then i can put things on there that will then link to the mark osborne official website and the facebook page and um you know uh, i can put these interviews on there uh, and i'm sure we will have more down the line um yeah, yeah. really appreciate that we appreciate everything you've done to to help mark and mark really appreciates obviously you know he can't do so but he really appreciates you know he's aware obviously i'll tell him on the phone you know what you're doing as well and it that it means so much to him you know he got he got emotional last time. I played him our video. He called me and I played him uh, our last one, and he actually got really emotional listening to our last one. You you know I can't really convey to you how much it means you helping to get his story out and someone helping him. It's like it's like throwing a drowning man, you know, a, 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 a you know a life jacket with what you're doing and you know get, putting it out there it, it you know it gives him hope and he hasn't got much else other than hope so you know we appreciate it a lot he's, he's got you he's got me and he's got he's uh, a, a, yeah. a few other people behind him as well yeah um, and, I think, and an amazing family as well yeah yeah um I think we, you know, we need to fight for real justice um, yes. because this, this, this isn't justice. This is, you know, what's happening. Um, it's a mockery of the justice system. It's the mockery of everything that stands true. Yes. So, yeah, um, over the next few days, I'll be working to get information up uh, on the, my Facebook page, on my website, um, that will all link to uh, uh, Julie's work um and to the uh, free mark osborne official website to the facebook page um any other social media that pops up um and i'll be um there uh, watching on the takeover day on instagram yes. um you um, help me with a bit of that jack with your experience as well because i've got to sort of get i'll speak to you afterwards about that yeah yeah I'll, yeah I'll be glad to i'll be glad to um i may run a uh a takeover day of the accidental journalist and and um let you have your voice on on there as well yes um yeah. you know just you without my mug sat in the background um is there anything you want to finish with no, 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 no. Do you know what, Jack? I really appreciate, so I appreciate, and I appreciate everyone taking the time to, you know, stop and listen. And I'll please, I'll just beg you, please email the Lord Chancellor. 
please, you need to make some noise. We need to help Mark. And this is a simple way to help him, but a powerful way. The more people that email, you know, the Char Lord Chancellor, the better. So please help us. And if anyone else out there can help in any way, you know, solicitors, other journalists, anything, anyone that can help us get this out and help Mark in any way, please do. Yeah. That's it. Yes, that's, you know, that's it really. Uh, I just appreciate everything you're doing, Jack. Thank you. I, you know, um, that means a lot. It means a lot also for me to be able to help. Um, I wasn't always this sort of person, so I genuinely do get emotional when, um, mm. you know, doing things like this. Now, I, I, I certainly, you know, I'm, I'm feeling attached to um, Mark and his, his, his journey and his story. Mm. So I will do everything that I can um, that will help um, because I never had a voice and nobody would give me a voice. Um, and last year, uh, on November the 9th, a man called Jason Edwards um, stood up and did the first podcast with me that I ever did. Um, and from there, uh, he gave me the confidence to just want to see justice in the world and want to give... That's all you need sometimes, eh, Jack? On. Just one helping hand in the darkness, and it pulls you out. That's all you need, just that one... Yeah. Uh, one, one, that one helping hand, that one bit of kindness can yeah. make such a difference in the world, you know. Yeah. The smallest bit of kindness can have the biggest impact. It, it can. can. It can. Brilliant. Thank uh, you very much, Jack. If you stay on the line, I'll um, I'll just wrap up and uh, we'll have a quick chat afterwards. Thank you, as always, guys, for tuning in. It's been another emotional one. Um. I will put the links up uh, as soon as I can. I did forget to mention at the start, thank you as always to my sponsors uh, at Armour Scaffolding uh, and No Mean City Clothing uh, and, um, you know, all those that have stood up and, and, and paid for Zoom. There, there, there are a few that have stood up and, and, and you know, uh, made sure that I've been able to carry on doing this. Um, and I love everyone for that. And thank you, everybody that tunes in every week. And thank you to my admin that helped push it out. Um, because we, we, without you guys, um, there would be no one to listen to the voice. Um, so, you know, thank you for making this old man, um, you, you, you know, happy. And at that, um, I shall leave you to it. Thank you guys, I'll see you soon.